So it turns out Cole Perfetti was mic'd up against the Minnesota Wild on Sunday, which has led to further reaction to the building feud between the Wild and the Jets. Who's most to blame for things continuing to escalate? We will discuss that. Plus, Jesper Volstead getting close to a return. Will we see him in Minnesota? And we'll talk about tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube in your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we react to new details in the ongoing feud between the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. What exactly did Ryan Hartman do to uh, escalate things? And uh, where does the blame fall on the Department of Player Safety in preventing these types of things from happening? We'll also talk about Jesper Volstead, the possibility that the Wild may see him next week. And we'll take a look at tonight's opponent, the Tampa Bay Lightning. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insiders. You can hear and can also see, uh, once again, Locked on Wild now uh, in the injury protocol as uh, I am day-to-day with an uh, upper body illness. And uh, we'll, we'll see. My, my hope is that I'll be able to return to the X for Monday's game against Dallas. But uh, for now, covering the game from home with a full cocktail of Dayquil, NyQuil, chicken noodle soup, what have you, we're uh, we're fighting through it here today. And speaking of fighting through it, there's been a lot of reaction to the Jets and the Wilds and the building tension between the two teams. And because it's been such a big story i didn't want to i didn't want to shy away from it you know i it's it's something that is certainly relevant in the news and there's been plenty of reaction to everything that has happened but basically if you missed it turns out winnipeg jets center cole perfetti was mic'd up on sunday's game against the minnesota wild and that led to perfetti um mentioning to not only his team but to the general media as well that Ryan Hartman basically admitted that uh, he high-sticked him at one point during the game as retribution for what happened to Kirill Kaprizov um, in Winnipeg last Saturday. And so this is interesting because the Wilds had considered the matter taken care of when Jake Middleton fought Brendan Dillon in Saturday's game against the Jets. Then you have that happen, the Jets all over it. Um, Neil Pionk, I think, was one of the players that said, you know, that's what they felt like they had to do. 
and that now they have circled the next date on the calendar that they play the Minnesota Wild, which would be sometime in February, to be able to draw even. So would not surprise me at all if Ryan Hartman is asked to fight in that game um, against the Winnipeg Jets because this is where we're at in the NHL. And I, I saw the video of the uh, of that uh, that panel discussion in which it, it seems like a lot of people are siding with the Winnipeg Jets for being the team that caught the stray that um, just has been a further escalation of this ongoing feud between the two teams. There's been a lot of reaction in these comments from Jets fans saying that, you know, the the Dylan check was not a dirty play. It's a play that happens. It's a play that happens 50 day, 50 times a game in every NHL game. And so that's not a that's not a dirty play. Kirill Kaprizov's just a soft player. That's been a lot of the reaction uh, that has happened from the Winnipeg side of things. And let me be clear. I don't condone what Ryan Hartman did because you look at what the team they considered the matter solved Jake Middleton fought Brendan Dillon in Saturday's game against the Jets by all accounts you know then you had the uh, the opening face-off fight between um, Pat Maroon and um, and a member of the the Jets whose name is uh, escaping me at this moment Adam Lowry you had that fight at the beginning of the game, and after that, the Wilds moved on to the play on the ice. Yes, they were very physical, but physical within reason in Sunday's game against the Winnipeg Jets. And then this comes out after the fact, and Michael Russo has been all over this and has drawn a lot of replies in the mentions, saying basically it is interesting that the Jets have chosen to play the victim card here because of something that initially, and whether or not it was an intentional play by Logan Stanley or an awkward fall, I'm not here to I'm not here to rehash that. But this is where that all goes back to is the incidents in which the Minnesota Wild lost Kirill Kaprizov against the Winnipeg Jets. You had a ton of escalation later on in the season, which was capped off by Rick Bonus calling um, Dean Evison a tiny little man by uh, pointing demonstratively and uh, and putting his hand down like you guys are super small and Dean responding by saying, hey, come over here and let's uh, let's discuss this face to face. Here's the problem. Until the Department of Player Safety does legitimate things to try to nip this in the bud. This is where we are at. This is where hockey culture is at. It is very much eye for an eye. It is a self-policing sport in which players on teams that lose star players look to draw even against those same teams. And this is not specific to the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Look at what happened the other night between the Arizona Coyotes and the Florida Panthers. Nick Cousins blasting Eric Gobranson into the boards and immediate response there will be, well, that's that's way more of an escalation than what Brendan Dillon did to Kirill Kaprizov. That's not my point. The point is, is that 
you have that hit, which is a dangerous hit along the boards. Eric Branson basically completely defenseless along the boards, and Nick Cousins comes in, hits him with an elbow uh, to the side of the head. His head goes off the boards. Jason Zucker comes in at that moment to extract revenge by slamming Cousins into the boards for just trying trying to exact revenge for what he did. And Department of Player Safety comes out and they suspend Jason Zucker for three games. Nick Cousins gets nothing. Until the Department of Player Safety takes active steps to eliminate the initial plays that cause these types of incidents, this is going to continue in perpetuity through the rest of time. I I also find it kind of rich that the NHL has been very vocal about the fact that they are trying to eliminate these types of plays. And what have we seen over the last two seasons? We saw it from Ryan Suter against Kirill Kaprizov in the playoffs against Dallas. We saw it against the Jets. And I'll I'll give you the first one that, that Dylan had against Kirill Kaprizov. I'll, I'm even willing to give you that one. Second one should have been a penalty. And for those that think, oh, you're just you're just a homer reacting to that play because your star player got injured. Ryan Hartman's high stick against Perfetti should have been a penalty too. Now, Hartman was fined. I don't think that's enough discipline, especially because Hartman's been a repeat offender. But again, we have to go to the top of the pyramid here to try to get this to not become an eye-for-an-eye sport because that's exactly where it's at right now. Until Department of Player Safety starts to do more than fine players the equivalent of a $5 bill, this is just going to continue to happen because this is very much, it's, it's the competitive advantage. It happens in every sport. Competitive advantage where a defender will try to find some way to gain an edge over a player on the other team. And in hockey, a lot of times that is by being physical to try to wear down the opponent to the point that they are either hampered the rest of the game or are knocked out of the game and not able to assist their team in wins. That's just that's just how things are. And there has been a lot of talk about the need to eliminate this type of play from the game to keep the game safer. Well, then George Perros needs to do something about it because until he does, this is going to continue to happen. And what it is going to require is making an example out of someone, making an example out of someone that checks a player in the back and suspending them for three or four games. Is that a gross over-exaggeration from a suspension perspective? Yes. But if they really want to get serious about trying to eliminate this from the game, that's where you have to start. And so whatever side you stand on between the, the Wild and the Jets, Department of Player Safety is the bigger enemy here. And until they wake up and figure out what to do, we're going to continue to get these things that happen. And you know, as, as much reaction as there was to what happened between the Wild and the Jets, again, a couple of nights later, you have what happened between the Panthers and the Coyotes. That is how every team operates is you do something to one of our guys. We are going to respond. And so 
that is now now we circle the calendar and wait to see what the Jets are going to do to Ryan Hartman in February. And then after that, it will be how the Wild respond come April when these teams play again. It's the cycle. And until you eliminate the start of it, it will continue to happen. So that's my piece on that entire situation. Again, for those that are going to come in here and and claim homerism, I, I think the Ryan Hartman high stick to Perfetti should have been a penalty. The fact that the NHL decides in those instances not to call those plays does not help matters. So NHL officiating needs to do a better job of calling those things in the heat of the moment as penalties to draw retribution there. And then you add on on top of it from Department of Player Safety with bigger fines and or suspensions. That's the only way you get rid of it. And until until they are ready to do so, this is going to continue. And that's like it or not, that's that's the way it is. We're going to talk to finish or to continue the show today, I should say, about the possibility of the wall joining the Minnesota Wild in St. Paul. We will discuss that as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by Sleeper. And with the NHL season reaching just about the midway point, Minnesota Wild fans hoping to see the team climb back into the playoff standings. And with the fact that the Wild are on the outside looking in right now, you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether wild players such as Jewel Erickson Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus and more in a given game. It is so easy to set your lineup and make your picks that you can put your entries in in under 60 seconds. And if you're fans of other sports, you can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back to today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. We will have you covered after tonight's game with the Lockdown Wild postcast, recapping the action, and uh, we'll be checking in on particular players that we are uh, excited to see in action here this evening. But before we get there, I do want to draw some attention to a tweet from Joe Smith earlier today, talking about the potential status of Jesper Volstead um, as we uh, navigate through life without Philip Gustafson. And I'll talk about the other timeline for injuries for the Minnesota Wild players as well, because Bill Guerin in one of his first public media appearances gave an update um, of the injury status for several Minnesota Wild players. Uh, his first appearance since the um, workplace harassment investigation uh, that took place before the end of 2023. So uh, it was interesting to see that, uh, that he's back to doing those types of appearances um, 
after uh, being noticeably absent for uh, well over a month. But let's talk about this. Joe Smith tweets the following. Jesper Volstead is expected to return for Iowa tomorrow night. He's been battling a lower body injury. Minnesota Wild top goalie prospect could be ready to get recalled and debut next week. Here's my thoughts, because I've been pretty adamant about saying no to bringing Volstead up um, and expecting that he's going to be able to come in and save this Minnesota Wild season, like treating him as a savior to come in and to be able to get this team back on track. I, I don't like the notion of putting all that weight on that player's shoulders. But with it seeming like this is more and more likely, here's my tune on it. If you're going to bring him up, I think now is a perfect opportunity to do so because you are missing six of probably your top 10 players on the roster right now, which means that the pressure to win is effectively off. This team will continue to say that their expectation is that they're pushing for the postseason. But realistically, with that much talent out of the lineup, it's it is just not mathematically possible. And by the time all these guys come back, it's likely that you're going to be so far back that it will take essentially playing perfect hockey and everybody else falling apart for you to be able to climb in. And so if Gustafson's going to miss multiple weeks, as has been reported at this point, playing in front of a team that is clearly not going to be as talented as the teams they play. Why not? Because it's one thing to have Volstead be your only call up and to have the full complement of players playing in front of him to where if they can, if they continue to lose, you point at the, the net and you say, well, that's the reason they lost. There are six different reasons that can be put in front of the goaltending as to why this team has been losing games over these last couple of games, now three in a row, heading into tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the injuries just take the pressure off. And so if the Minnesota Wilds want to get Volstead up here to see what he has and to give him an opportunity that may not be there next year to learn under Marc-Andre Fleury and treat this as essentially an internship by being on the NHL roster, having Fleury start a majority of the games, going through practice with Fleury on a daily basis, seeing how he works his craft, and picking his brain. I think it's a really good opportunity to do that because let's say Fleury does retire here at the end of the season. That opportunity won't be there next year. And I know Volstead got a, a little taste of it, um, in Sweden and also in the preseason in training camp, getting a chance to uh, to be in the room with Flurry. But it's one thing to be in the group as the third goalie or in a goalie room of five to be one of those guys. It's another thing to be the backup. And so I think there could be something valuable about Jesper coming up here and being able to just see how 
a future Hall of Famer does it, and a guy that has won at a very high rate at the NHL level, and somebody who has done it well into an age range in which a lot of goalies start to fall off dramatically, he continues to be able to produce. I just I think there's a lot of benefit for Volstead to be able to do that at this point in the season because let's look at what's going on with Iowa right now. Iowa's ravaged with injuries too. And so at this point, is Volstead better suited to be playing behind an injury ravaged AHL lineup or an A an NHL lineup that is ravaged by injuries? Why not? I, I've I've worked myself into it. And so if they end up making that decision next week, I'm I'm fully here for it because there's a lot of there's a lot of players out of the lineup. And this would be a really cool, I think, bright spot to again showcase another part of the youth, another piece of the core that we'll be seeing on a more full-time basis starting next year. So if they make the call. I am uh, fully on board for that. Now, he won't be in lineup tonight. He won't be in the lineup tonight, uh, but the Minnesota Wild do take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so we will take a look at how the Lightning stack up heading into tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild. And with all the injuries, we're taking a new approach to our pregame previews. And so we will talk about all that as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is just about over, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is incredibly easy to use with so many different ways to put yourself in line for a big payday, such as live same-game parlays. You could bet the second period under tonight on the Minnesota Wild game if you really wanted to. Uh, I wouldn't, but you could if you you decided that that's what you want to do. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab and put a parlay together in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays including my personal favorite, the Anytime Goal Scorer. And uh, if you're looking at those names tonight, on the Minnesota Wild side, not a surprise, Jewel Erickson Eck plus 145, Matt Boldy plus 150, and Marco Rossi's plus 210 for Tampa Bay, Nikita Kucherov plus 110, Braden Points plus 155, and Steven Stamkos is plus 175. Those are good values for the Anytime Goal Scorer through FanDuel. So throw $5 down on the Minnesota Wild to come away with a win tonight. Win or lose, you are rolling in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. One final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. We will have you covered after the game tonight with a Locked on Wild postcast. So make sure to tune in and uh, join us, win or lose, after the Minnesota Wilds play here tonight. Now, looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning, a Tampa's a weird team, guys. I got to be honest, because they were 
right up against the eight ball to start the season. You have Andre Vasilevsky out of the lineup for um, the first uh, couple of months of the season. Didn't make his first start of the year until November 24th. And it's a team that still is loaded with all of that top level of talent that got them to multiple Stanley Cup finals, got them multiple Stanley Cup wins. But it's a team that has been topsy-turvy, to say the least. They check into this one with a record of 18, 16, and 5. 41 points are good for fourth in the Atlantic Division. But if you look at the playoff standings as of right now, uh, the Lightning are currently one point out for the second wildcard spot, trailing the New Jersey Devils by one point. The Devils also happen to have uh, three games in hand on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Lightning have played a ton of games. They are involved in kind of a uh, weird contract standoff with Steven Stamkos, who uh, has yet to signed an extension he wants to the team really making a pretty vocal point that they want to do this in the off season so there's a lot going on with tampa bay but they have had they have some guys that are putting up absolute video game numbers listen to this for nikita kucherov so far and nikita kucherov's talent is second to none he is one of the most dynamic players in the nhl ever since he came into the league He's got 27 goals in 38 games played and 36 assists for a total of 63 points. And in both categories, that leads the league. Uh, I beg your pardon. Second in the NHL in goals to Austin Matthews who already has 30. But 63 points leads the NHL. His 27 goals are second in the uh, NHL so far. And uh, if you take that even a bit further, he's already got 29 points on the power play. This is a dangerous Tampa Bay Lightning team. And it is a Tampa Bay Lightning team that is veteran enough to know what they need to do and when they need to do it. And so this is a tall order for the Minnesota Wild here tonight. But not only do you have Nikita Kucherov, you have the guy that will be linked to the Minnesota Wild for the rest of his career. And uh, coming off of a 50-goal season, Braden Point, who has 17 goals in 39 games so far and 40 points. Steven Stamkos has 16 goals himself. Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul have uh, 10 and 11, respectively. 37 power play goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning in 39 games games it is basically a power play goal per game for the tampa bay lightning they're third in the nhl in uh, power play percentage at 29.8 percent they also boast an above 80 percent penalty kill not by a ton but but it's still above 80 percent but you look at uh, what they have done so far offensively and they are in the bottom half of the nhl in goals per game at 3.23 so it's a team that, as we've seen a lot, we have talked about it a lot going up against this Minnesota Wild team. If you give them too many power play opportunities, they're going to they're gonna get you. They are going to make you pay. So it's going to be paramount for the Minnesota Wild in this one to limit 
the uh, power play opportunities for the Lightning. Now, if you look at the goaltending situation for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have had three different players get starts, but Andre Vasilevsky is back. He's 8-8 eight and eight so far with a 2.94 goals against average and a 90% save percentage. Jonas Johansson started 21 games for the Lightning, 9-6-5 with a 3.45 goals against average and an 8.91 save percentage. And for Vasilevsky, he was uh, seven and five in December, really getting himself back into full a full workload. And so far, he has one loss here in the month of January, as the Lightning played Winnipeg on Tuesday and lost by a score of four to two. So it's again, it's a Lightning team that has just lethal options offensively, which is going to mean that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to have to really stand on his head for the Minnesota Wild to play spoiler and come up with a win here in this one tonight. Uh, on the FanDuel board, the Minnesota Wilds are um, a plus 108 on the money line. Tampa Bay is a minus 130. And um, they're expecting that this is going to be a tight game. I guess I don't necessarily agree, but my big thing for tonight's game, I'm scrapping the keys to the game until this team gets back to full health. And what we're going to do instead is tie in the greater good to tonight's game. And so with the expectation that your lineup is going to look like this. Let's uh, let's look at the lineup combinations from uh, practice earlier today, if I can find it through Michael Russo and Joe Smith's tweets. The line combinations featured Marcus Johansson, Jewel Erickson, Matt Boldy, Nick Patan, Marco Rossi, Ryan Hartman, Pat Maroon, Freddie Goudreau, Brandon Duhame, Jake Lucchini, Connor Dewar, and uh, Sammy Walker. And then on defense, Jake Middleton, Brock Faber, Alex Goligoski, Zach Bogosian, John Merrill, Dakota Mermis, and Marc-Andre Fleury starting. So for the greater good tonight, what I would like to have an answer for at the end of the game is a couple of questions. What makes Nick Patan tick? And what can Jake Lucchini bring to the table. I'd like to have answers to those two questions here tonight. And I know you can't evaluate players on a single game or on a handful of games. You can't evaluate their overall NHL performance on just a couple of times seeing them play. But for the greater good, if this team is not in a position where wins are feasible, then we flip the coin to the evaluation side of the board. And so obviously going to be watching for other things. Continued development of Brock Faber and Marco Rossi. I want to see Fleury make some outrageous saves tonight, make some of those crazy kick saves that he makes on, on seemingly a nightly basis. Some of those things. But I also want to try to get a better understanding of what Jake Lucchini and Nick Patan bring to the table. Is it physicality more, but uh, is there also some skill involved? So that's what we're going to try to answer in tonight's game. And uh, we'll see if uh, if we're able to get anything, any sort of a sense as to what those two do well, what they what 
what do you succeed at? What are areas that you need to improve? We'll try to get the overall picture there and report back on it in tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. But that's going to do it for today's episode. And uh, again, make sure to join us after the game for a another Locked on Wild postcast, recapping all the action and uh, talking through those uh, greater good questions here uh, for today's game. Beyond that, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like in this episode if you are so inclined so that uh, we can further reach Minnesota Wild fans who want to stay as up-to-date as possible on all things Minnesota Wild. Uh, You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.